you, Kimberly. Thank you, worship team. That was awesome time of worship. Can we just give them a round of applause just to appreciate what they do? You know, I really like what uh, Kim shared that when we lift our eyes, you know, our Savior is not buried in the ground. We look up. We only look up to something that is greater than us. We don't look down to something greater than us. We look up. We look up and beyond because we know, you know, the greatest thing about being a Christian is we serve a risen Savior because our Savior is alive. He's not dead. We are not worshipping a set of rules. We are not worshipping religion. We are worshipping a true person, a risen Savior. And that is the hope that we have. And it ties in very well to what I'm about to share with you all. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jensen, and uh, it's good to see you all in church. And a big shout out, hello to those who are watching on live stream. Uh, and those who might hear this on the podcast, we are thinking of you. And, you know, I'm still a great believer on people gathering together physically. But we know it's so difficult with COVID. It's so difficult with all these things that are happening right now. Uh, but we are thinking of you. And just a big hello. Um, it's a big weekend, isn't it? I'm sure you woke up to the headlines this morning. Um, and like every Australian, I did my, did my part to go voting yesterday. And I know some of you have voted way, way earlier. Uh, I'm glad that I went early. I was one of the first 10 people at the polling booths. And I got my, got my stuff done and out of the way. Uh, but you know, this is one of those great privileges of being Australian that you actually have the right to choose your government, that you exercise the freedom the freedom that I hope and I pray that we will never take for granted, that we can actually choose our government, that we can actually gather together and worship God freely. And this is something that I pray that every Christian will actually not take for granted, that we will always pray for the right government and we will exercise our responsibility as a citizen because it is scriptural, all right? Because uh, we need to continue to pray for our nation. Whichever government comes on, it doesn't matter. Because we know that God is above every government. And we need to pray for a government that is righteous and that will honor God. And so do not stop praying for our government even though the government changes. We always have to keep praying. So it brings me to my topic today. We're going to talk about something that I know is not a real buzzword. <laughs> it's submission. Ugh, like, you know, like in our day and age, you know, we, are all, we all love to talk about, look, I... I'm the winner. I am, I am the leader. I am the boss. When we talk about submission, it's like, nah. I submit to no one. We, have a, we know the famous song, I did it my way. Or like, my way or the highway. You know, we all like to be in charge. If you ask yourself, and I ask myself honestly, do you really like to submit to anything? The answer, actually, if you look at yourself honestly, is no. We want to be our own boss. But the Bible says a different story. Jesus says something different. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we have to learn what it really means to submit. And we have our own preconceived ideas about submission. So today, I want to do a little bit of myth busting. All right? Who knows the show Mythbusters? I like Mythbusters because, you know, it, it, it tries to answer the difficult scientific questions. I remember one they were, they were talking about, um, if you let out as big as a fart, 
would it ever light on fire? I don't know whether you remember that. I remember that one. They tried to put it to the test that if you give out enough gas from you know where, and if somewhere is flammable, would it explode? And they actually did the whole experiment to try to prove it or disprove it. I won't tell you the, the findings anyway. Um, but it's all those interesting questions that people ask. And people have uh, preconceived myths about things, and we try to put things to the test. And in the same way, we want to put a little bit of myth-busting into what it means to submit today. So let's look, firstly, what is submission anyway? When you look in the Bible and you look through the definition in the, in the biblical dictionary, the root word of submit comes from a Greek word. I'm not going to try to say the Greek word anyway. Um, but it means to subject oneself to another control. It means you subordinate yourself under something. And in the Greek, they actually have a military and a non-military meaning for the word submit. The literal word for the military term is to put troops under the direct command of an officer. But there is also an indirect non-military term to submit, which means the voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. So that is the two different contexts that we can see the word submit is being used. But you know, whether it's military or non-military, they both require obedience. And obedience is something that is necessary for us to submit. You can't submit to something that without obedience, isn't it? It seems a bit like an oxymoron statement. All right? When you obey something, means you submit to something. And God desires our obedience. I'm going to show you from the scriptures, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. I'm going to give you a little bit of background story to this. This is the story of King Saul. When God commanded King Saul to wipe out the Amalekites. So these Amalekites are vicious, evil people that oppresses and indirect, I guess, they're direct enemies of the people of Israel back in the ancient Near East. And God specifically instructed Saul to kill all of them. Kill the king, kill everybody, do not take anything from them. But Saul, instead of listening to God, through the prophet Samuel, he did kill most of the soldiers, but he spared the king and he took the treasures. And he thinks that by taking that, he can offer up a sacrifice to God. And when Samuel came to see Saul, he says, what is, bleat, what is this bleating of sheep that I hear? And King Saul actually asked, and King Saul told Samuel that, oh, look, um, I spared the king. I did do most of the things, but I kept the treasure so that I can offer up sacrifice to God. And you know what? Samuel said in verse 22, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. It is very clear cut today that God desires our obedience more than what we can do for him. And it's such a challenge to me and you because we like to think that we know what God wants us to do. 
I'm guilty of that. I think, oh God, I'm sure you want me to do this because look, I'm doing you a favor. I'm doing all of this. But maybe God is just asking you to do that one thing. Have you ever asked your child, you scolded your child? I only need you to do this one thing. There's only one thing I ask of you, but you did all of this. But that's the same way God looks at us. There's only one thing he asks us to do is to obey him. And so obedience is not a buzzword in our modern society. We are very self-obsessed with us being right, self-obsessed with us being the best. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to debunk a few myths here today about what you think submission is. Number one, myth number one, submission is optional. So most of us think that, ah, I submit to no one. I am my own boss. I determine my own destiny. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. It's very interesting that Jesus didn't give any other option. He says, no one can serve two masters. That means he's trying to say there is nothing in between. You can't say that I serve no one. Because in the end of the day, the truth of the matter is we all serve someone. We all have a master. And the question is, who is my master? Who is your master? Who is our master? You only have a choice. And when God speaks, when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, you either serve God and be enslaved to money, it's not just money. He doesn't mean money itself. He actually means wealth. If you look at other translations, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to mammon, which is actually the God of wealth. And you think, oh, no, I, I don't serve money. I, I don't think about money all the time. But, you know, it's not just about material possessions because wealth can be classified as many things. You, you might not wanting the material possessions, but you might want a wealth of power. You might want a wealth of fame. You might want a wealth of money, yes, but we cannot serve God and everything else. So today, my challenge to you and me is who is going to be my master? And we are all submitted to something or someone. So that is the first myth that I want to debunk, that we are all slaves to something. How do you know who is your master? It was like, oh, I don't think so. I don't serve anything. I can tell you straight up. When you look at what Jesus is trying to say, back in those days, he's trying to put the illustration of masters and slaves. So if you are a slave to a master, what do you do? Uh, apart from obedience, you always try to look out for what your master is asking you to do. You always try to listen to what your master is trying to do and you try to obey what your master is trying to do. And you give all of your energy and you give all of your resources to serve your master. So that means, if you want to know who your master is, it's who is getting your attention. Who, who are you looking at? Who are you thinking of? Who are you listening to? That is your master. Check your bank account. Where is your money going to all the time? Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your, your resources? That's your master. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not asking you all to abandon your jobs. <laughs> I'm not asking you all to come and serve full-time in church. No, not it. but it's about your, our lives. Like, who do we think of every day? Are we thinking about the next, the next big break we want to do in terms of, you know, um, 
sealing that deal or making more money? Or, or is it about, oh, look, I, I need to put out this post because I know it's gonna, I'm going to be popular? Am I going to be talking about, oh, what, you know, what's my next big pleasurable activity? If that is what we're thinking all the time, then you know who your master is. So I'm equally guilty of that. And I know that if, if you're honest with yourselves, that there is always going to be this war inside of us, that there is, this, there is the master, there is sin and everything that's, that's trying to entice us, but there's also the voice of the spirit that's saying, why don't you submit to me? Why don't you submit to me? Romans chapter 6, verse 16, it says that don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So we are all going to be slaves to something. And you ask, what is sin? It's very, very simple. Sin is everything that goes against what God wants. That is sin. All right? It's not, it's not a particular sin of murder or rape or whatever or cheating or stealing. I mean, all of this is part of sin. But sin is pretty much anything that goes against God. Yeah. And in the scriptures, he says, most of us, sin it tries to entice us because we, scripture talks about the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know, there is always something that tries to enslave us. But praise God that God actually delivered us so that we can be slaves to Christ. Because you know that the first myth has been debunked, that we are slaves to something. So we got to choose the right master. And if we serve sin, Scripture is very, very clear Romans 6.23, the famous verse, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. I like the way Paul puts it because it means that if we are slaves to sin, we get paid a wage, don't we? I get paid a wage for working, you get paid a wage for working. So if we serve sin, our wage is death. The payment is death. But if we submit ourselves to Jesus Christ, he gives us a gift. He doesn't pay us a wage. He gives us a gift. He gives us the gift of eternal life. So we choose today. And my challenge to you, you choose today whether you want to serve sin or you want to serve Jesus Christ. Who is your master today? Second myth. Submission equals to defeat. So if we submit to someone, it means that I've given up my right. I have given up my value. And, uh, you know, that doesn't sound very attractive, isn't it? Uh, but if, you have, if we realize that we will always be a slave to something, then it's very important when we know who we submit to, we want to know what authority we come under. So when we submit ourselves to God, we come under Jesus' authority. And I'm... I really like the passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 to 9. That's the story of the Roman centurion. When he came, when his servant was sick, he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need you to heal my servant. And Jesus said, I'm going to go. He said, don't worry about coming. He said, because in verse 8, he says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, or come, and they come. And I say to my slaves, do this. They do it. And you know what Jesus said? I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. 
And this is the, this is the revelation where, you, where the, this Roman centurion had a revelation that he knows what being submitted under authority means. And he recognized that Jesus had the authority. And when we submit under the authority, we get the authority too. I like what uh, Pastor Michael preached the last time um, about him being the park ranger. And when he realized that he actually wears the authority, he can tell people to, take, to put out that campfire, right? So, you know, I like that analogy, Pastor Michael. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's, that's true, isn't it? When we are submitted under the authority of Christ, we carry his delegated authority, right? So this is God's given delegated authority to us. So that means we live a victorious life because we have the master's authority. We have the master's power. And Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, one of the last few words that Jesus told his disciples before he ascended to heaven, he said, I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. And that means we have been given the authority. God has given us his authority because Jesus was submitted under the authority of the Father and he's given us authority. So submission is victory. Victory because not because we are able, but because our master is able. Myth number three, submission is a private spiritual matter. Have you encountered the really deeply spiritual people? It's like, I'm so deeply submitted that, you know, I still haven't found it yet. You know, um, the submission is actually a practical, it's an action. Submission is not something metaphysical, spiritual sort of experience. Submission relates to our relationship with others. And you know what? If we are submitted to Jesus Christ being the authority that, that we submit to, it will manifest in our relationship with others. Right? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, we like to quote the scripture, wives submit to your husbands, blah, 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 and husbands love your wives. But we... <laughs> Yeah, we, we say that, but in the end of the day, we, we know who, who, who controls us, isn't it, husbands? Yep. Um, yeah. But we fail. We like to quote, wives submit to your husbands, but we need to quote the scripture before that. The scripture before that is this, submit to one another, out of reverence for Christ. Well, so that means one of the fruits of being submitted to Jesus is that we learn to submit to each other. All right? And we're not submitting to each other because we sometimes, wh whether we agree with the person or not, but we are submitting out of reverence for Christ. So the overarching authority under for us is not the person we are submitting to, but it's actually Christ. And Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders. Do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That will certainly not be for your benefit. So what does this mean? You know, we, we need to learn when we are submitted to God and we need to submit ourselves to the leadership that God puts over our lives. The leadership of Rob and Pauline. If you are part of this church, it is important that we submit to the leadership of this church. And, and the, it doesn't mean that we need to agree with what Rob and Pauline like to do. If they, if they, want, to do, if they want to do church at 7.30 a.m. and you, uh, you disagree, oh, this is horrible. But, you know, would we actually submit 
You know, are we submit? Because you got to remember when we are submitted, we are submitted to Jesus. And then because we are submitted to Jesus, we submit to the leaders that he placed over us. Now, of course, Pastor Rob and Pauline is not going to change the service to 7.30 in the morning. Are we? No. <laughs> but, you know, there are, there are things that we, we just need to learn. That, all right, there's nothing going against God in this, so we might as well submit. All right? If, the, if our leaders ask us to do something that you know totally contradicts the word of God, then by all means, speak up and don't obey. But if there is nothing that is clearly stated, then we should submit. We should just take it. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 to 14, whether the king as the head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. So that goes the same to our government. We need to submit ourselves to the government. I know we, may, we don't agree with a lot of things that the government did, and I was very uncomfortable too during the whole pandemic. I, I don't know the last two years that we have too, so many rules that change every two weeks. And they expect us to comply. And, you know, I'm equally confused. Uh, and we're, we're all, we're, I mean, my, my brain hurts the last two years. All right? It's just every two weeks, you got to re relearn a new rule. Um, but God is pretty clear that we need to submit to the governments that he put over us. So no matter what the outcome of this election is, we are submitted to God. And because we are submitted to God, we will submit ourselves to the government as long as it doesn't go against God, all right? So there is no such thing as blind submission, all right? As Christians, we are not required to submit blindly. I'll give you a good example. Daniel, I believe he was really submitted under the, the kings that he worked with, but until there are decrees that goes against his relationship with God, and that's when he took a stand. And so as Christians, we need to learn to take a stand when we realize that this is going to contradict what my master, my ultimate master tells me. But otherwise, we should actually be submissive to our authorities. Right. So let me recap about the truths of submission. The three points. We are submitted to a master. We all do. Our choice is we choose which master. You got no choice about whether you get to submit or not. You can choose who your master is. Number two, submission places the master's value and authority over our lives, leading to a blessed and purpose-driven existence. Point number three, submission to God is manifested by our submission to each other. And so, in church, this is the best place for us to show the love of Christ when we submit to each other. We're not talking, so a lot of people tend to misinterpret unity as, you know, just unity in, in thought. But actually, un unity doesn't mean everybody needs to agree on it. But unity is, means despite our differences, we are together. And we are united. Because we always have something in common. Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of what godly submission is. So if you look through the Gospels, Jesus was totally submitted to the Father's will. He says it again and again that I, is not my will, but it's the Father's will. And he demonstrated what it means to be under the authority of the Father. And because of that, God gave him authority. 
And he was submitted all the way to death on the cross because there is a higher purpose for him. So he, only Jesus, is our ultimate example of what it means to be totally submitted to God. I invite the worship team up. So as I close, it's very important that I go back to my first point on who is your master, who is my master. You can choose a master that will not just pay you what you are worth, but they will actually kill you. Or you can actually serve a master that in the first place came and died for you. It's very clear cut that Jesus is much more worthy as a master than anything else you can, you can think of. Because look, uh, wealth is great, but really? Have you ever tried to chase something and then once you get it, you want something else? You keep wanting more and more and you never feel satisfied? That you want, this, you want, you want to have 1,000 likes on your Facebook page, but once you get the 1,000, you want to get 10,000? You see, there, the sin or everything else that is not of God will never satisfy you try to serve it and then in the end, it asks for more. It takes more and more. It eats your, eats your relationship. It eats everything into you. If you are honest to yourself, you'll realize that all of these things, if it's not from God, it just eats you up. And today I pray that we will examine ourselves and make the conscious effort to make Jesus our master. One more time. As every head bow and every eyes closed just for privacy if you've been asking yourself the question that look I, I've been searching and I've been serving things that I thought would give me pleasure would give me satisfaction but it seems that it never is enough I can tell you today that there is a master that, that calls you that calls you to come and drink of him and eat of him because he's the bread of life he is, the, he is the spring of living water. That when you, when you take part of Him, you will never be thirsty again. And you'll never be hungry again. If that is you and you say, look, I want to make Jesus my master. I realize that I, I've been serving the wrong master. And I want to make it right today. You know, all it takes is one step. All it takes is for, for us to pray. For you to pray this simple prayer. And Jesus will come and be your master. If this is you, and you're sitting here, and you say, I want to make that pledge. I want to make that pledge to make Jesus my master. Can you raise your hand? Thank you. For those of us who are Walking with Christ, you know that every day is a daily battle. There is always going to be a war. There's going to always be sin in the world trying to ask us to serve it. And there's always going to be the voice of the Holy Spirit telling us to serve Christ. And I pray that today that we will, we will allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen us so that we will know which master to serve and that we will not be enticed back into sin. And I invite you all to stand and as we, as we close, for those of you who want to give your life back to Christ as your master, you can open your eyes 
And we can say this prayer together, even those of you who are watching on live stream. And when we pray this and when you mean it, Jesus will come in and set you free and be your master. So let's pray together, all right? It's all on the screen. So let's go. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. I confess that I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Please forgive me for sinning against you. I ask that you come into my life and be my Savior and my Master. I submit myself to your Lordship today. Thank you for receiving me into your kingdom. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. And by the authority of scriptures, I can say, if you prayed that prayer and meant it, Jesus has made you a new creation. Jesus has come to you and he will be your master and he will evict every master that you use to serve because he says when he is there, nothing else. <laughs>